You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. The Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND. That's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout. and That'll get you 25% off of your purchase. If you're wanting to know more about saddle hunting, well, check out TetheredNation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you'd like to support the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. We offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. And now let's get to the show. Hey guys, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women and by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you start to unlock awesome rewards too such as gift cards, free stuff, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. Well, man, I am, uh, I'm super excited to have you on the show. We got Devin Duncan with us here today on the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, and I'm also joined by Luke Parker co-hosting with me this evening luke how's it going buddy fantastic awesome uh, enjoyed the little weather here in alabama this past week getting ready for spring and then alabama weather was like nope we're gonna get back down in the 20s yeah it got chilly it got chilly today yesterday it felt like man be a good day to be in the turkey woods but 
And, uh, this morning felt yeah. like the rut. <laughs> yeah, and this weekend's supposed to be like 20s and 30s. Crazy. Dang. Was well, it like somewhere in at? Alabama? Somewhere in Alabama, there probably is a buck chasing a doe. This is you're, you're, <laughs> you're probably right. Probably right. Yeah. <laughs> probably not far from if you. There's probably a, a rut going on in just about every part of Alabama right now. With well, I've heard stories. <laughs> I've heard stories, you know, your social media and talking to people that, you know, before the laws changed in Alabama, what season came in like the 15th to like the middle of March or something. And people have talked about being turkey hunting and seeing buck chasing does and stuff before. That just blows me away because I'm up here in mid-central Virginia. Yeah. It's- but yeah, thank, thank you all for having me on. I, I, before we even get started, I just want everybody to know that I'm nobody special, just a normal guy like everybody else. <laughs> Well, and you and you love the outdoors. You kind of have a similar take on things as uh, as I do, as far as like the the style that you like to hunt, the type of terrains that you like to hunt. Um, I've always felt like you'd be a great guest for the show, uh, and we've tried to make it work a couple times, um, just with work schedules and stuff like that. It just hasn't been able to work out. But I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on with us today. Well, well. I think it was for deer hunting and I don't really feel worthy of talking about mountain bucks, even as much as it's in my blood and as much as I love it, I'm just not consistent enough. I don't, I just don't feel like I'm worthy enough to talk about it because I, I hadn't, I haven't killed a good rack buck in several years and let, been letting lots of deer walk and limited time hunting. And just, I just don't feel like if I kill a couple good ones again, I might feel worthy of talking about it, but I just don't feel like I'm there yet with the consistency. I killed several nice bucks, five, six, seven years in a row, probably luck. And then it kind of went dry on me last couple of years, tried to change the way I hunt and goals. And, but anyways, enough of that. It's, it's almost turkey season. Your dad's the, your dad's the mountain buck, like extraordinary. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I know where he hunts, what he, does his secrets i know everything he does and i can't replicate it i, I don't know <laughs> he's good he's really good he's half he's half deer man he's he's really good he's got something to him special man i hope one day we can get him on i know you've you've tried and you try to talk to him about that stuff and he's not into it but maybe one day yeah maybe one day maybe he gets older yeah yeah he gets older and things aren't no, any longer it's not worth it to keep the secrets you know yeah just kind of share some information no, but uh, you're right. It's turkey season. I'm uh, inside of two weeks from my turkey hunt, first turkey hunt of the year down in Florida, so I'm getting pretty. Psyched. Are you going to North? Are you going to North Florida? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's going to be. It's not like the Southern that's open right now. It opens yeah. uh, the, the uh, what day is it actually open? The nineteenth, maybe. Um. I, I I go on long break at work. It's not long break is long seven day break. It's not vacation. That's just two days off work shift work. And I start long break Friday, but it just I just figure I spend more time with my boy and stuff before season really kicks off here. It just ain't worth it this year in the cards. Uh, he'll be starting school next year. So unfortunately, I'll have a little more time because of that. So it just ain't in the cards this year. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, like different seasons in life can kind of happen. I think it was Dan Infault that was talking about, he was talking about it in terms of whitetails, but he's like, man, if you want to be one of the guys who consistently does it every single year, puts in all the time, you're 
your family's going to suffer. Your family, you're oh, going to yeah. have to sacrifice it. So other things are going to suffer. That's for sure. Yeah, and and so it just kind of it depends on the season in life and the like. What you said, you're doing shift work, so it's tough yeah. to balance all that. Plus, trying to find free days to go three states away, four states away. Right. But I'm I'm pretty fired up. I got I got some pretty cool trips planned out for. For this uh the spring but luke you got any crazy turkey plans or are you just uh staying here in alabama i am gonna stay here in uh around what i'm what i'm used to my goal and what i'm focused on primarily i've got a guy coming him and his wife it's actually one of my wife's friends it's her husband he's never been turkey hunting they live in Arkansas. That's where he's stationed right now in the military. And he's going to come down April 1st through the 8th, try to get him on some birds. And my goal is to shoot one with a recurve. That's what I'm focused on. Just shoot one with a recurve, get it on film. I was going to ask you about that. I know you've always got some kind of bizarre, like kill one with a blowgun or try to rope one with a piece of rope or something like that. Just tackle one. Yeah, I've al- I've always I've always thought that if someone if that was a goal for someone to kill one like with no blind, no decoy, with a bow, I always thought in my head that if you was good with the recurve, you would be better off because you could get ready, and when it goes behind a tree, you could just you know come you know pull it back, and then you know it was just instead of trying to get the full draw with the recurve, you could you you know you know what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, I a lot of guys. I always yeah, thought a lot of guys manage to 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 do it with a recurve actually. Yeah, I know there's different styles of shooting. Some some people like that style because they can just do a quick shot. But I um, just my style I like to take my time a little bit more. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, I, I know that I know guys that do it. But that's what I'm doing. That's my goal, and I'll stick to it. Hopefully, it'll happen. Let me ask that's you. That's a Luke. pretty. I was gonna say that's Luke. a pretty that's a that's a pretty awesome goal. Sorry, uh, but the uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty awesome goal. I've never really been able to stick with it. It's uh, I tried it a couple times, and it's I don't the word is like uh, anti-climatic. Like it just didn't do it for me. It's like feeling that shotgun go off and smelling the powder. Like that's what it was. You know, I, I'm not sure. I I wonder, Luke, are you like? So if you're doing your the traditional bow using your recurve, are you like not using decoys? Like are you going straight up like Native American on this deal or are you so gonna cop yeah, out and use I a mean, decoy? I will it depends. So like right now <clears throat> I've got turkeys on camera where I just know where they're at and I know just where they're where they're moving, where they're roosting. Um I mean, you and really don't I've even already, have to go any further because you already said that you're using a trail camera. So that's pretty much yeah. the same thing as using a decoy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I will. The thing is, I'm not opposed. Like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to just kill one with a recurve. All right, mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nope. Yeah. Which I've got. So, like, my blind that or one of them that I've, I've already I've already had it out during deer season and left it out. So they're they're used to seeing it. Um, and then I, I knew that that's where, cause it's, it's the same every year The where they're moving and stuff doesn't change a whole lot where they're roosting and stuff doesn't change a whole lot, but I think it would be cool. Um, you know, aside from me doing that with a recurve, I'd really like to pinpoint some public land birds, 
just because when you know that that buddy of mine when he gets here i want us to be able to to just chase some down here which i, I feel like any turkey whether public or private it, if you can kill a turkey like that's you've you've outsmarted that turkey you've beat its eyes like what y'all were talking about in last week's podcast parker is like mm-hmm. You have you've hit a, a pretty cool goal of killing turkey, but um, trying to find some on public land, I think, would be sweet. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with somebody today about goals within turkey hunting, and uh, I was talking about how hard it is um, for like video and content creators to gain respect from the turkey hunting community. It's hard to like it's it's hard to check all the boxes for every single type of turkey hunter um even yeah. more so than deer you know like some people you know may disagree with hunting with a crossbow or they may hit, disagree with hunting over bait or corn but there's not mm-hmm. like just a a whole slew of differences between people turkey hunters i mean my gosh you spend like 2 seconds on a turkey hunting facebook page and you're like oh why do these guys even talk to each other they can't get along i mean you got conversations going on about tss versus whatever and and the funny thing about that conversation is most people are saying if i ain't if i ain't called them into 20 yards i ain't shooting them i feel like they beat me but i'm using longbeard xr well the whole reason you're using longbeard xr is to get distance is to get range otherwise you could shoot them with sure uh, I, I, love, I love it when i love it when they i mean this is going to hit some people deep but i love it when they say you know i, I don't shoot muster inside 20 yards and like what do you hunt with a three a 12 gauge three and a half inch long beard <laughs> new ma- xr magnum like you know if, you, if you're if you shoot them inside 20 yards why don't you use a 410 lead sixes yeah you, you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no reason to use yeah, that there's 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 so there's so many different vibes of, of turkey hunters it's everybody hates everybody everybody's the best at it oh yeah um, That's and so funny. i mean you can be a traditional turkey hunter and you know you don't use decoys and you're running gun and and but you use tss or you use a red dot because i mean i used to I, i'm I, I load and shoot tss and use a red dot and but i haven't used a decoy in six seven years and i never really used decoy a lot through a lot of my teenage and early twenties, I carried a blow up de- Jake decoy. Yeah. And it was a, like a Cherokee decoys and it was a little blow up Jake and you could put it in your vest and you like some seasons it never even came out of my vest, mm-hmm. but it, but it was there and it didn't take up any room or space. And if, it, and hunting here in the mountains, you'd, we never, me and my dad never per se used a decoy to help us kill the turkey. Cause when you set up, you set up. So when the turkey shows himself, he's in range, mm-hmm. just, just the natural of hunting ridges and hill country and mountains is when you set up so that the gobbler, when he shows himself, he's within 40 yards. So it's not per se to help us kill the turkey. We thought it was cool of like seeing these turkeys on TV, jumping on decoys. Mm-hmm. They were like, we want to, we want to experience that. So it was cool getting to see a gobbler come in and jump on a decoy, but then it also wasn't cool when a timid gobbler had his butt whoops, seen it and, and went the other way, you mm-hmm. know, and then just, uh, five, five, four, five, I don't know, five-ish years ago, I just quit carrying them all together. I just, if something hit me 
and I just took it out and it never went back. I just, cause like I say, sometimes it never even came out my vest. It wasn't to help me kill a turkey hunting here in the mountains. It was just the, the interaction of seeing them close. Cause when you're hunting the way I hunt, the way we hunt turkey hunting, it ain't a whole lot of looking. Mm-hmm. And you, when you set up, you're, you're set up with topography rolling over so that when he showed, he has to come look for you. And when he shows himself, he's in range. And when you get a shot opportunity at him, it ain't no looking at him and admiring him. You know, it's without a decoy and anything without, you know, having his attention, you get a shot. He's inside 40 yards, you know, first chance I get, I'm killing him, you know? Yeah. So it was cool to actually look at him a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting there with the gun on fire, not in a, you know, not in a blind, you're sitting there against a tree with, you know, a little bit of brush breaking up or something, whatever. And that turkey's right there and has no idea you're in the world. So that was cool to experience. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I'm the same way as you. I've, uh, I cannot think of a single time that I've killed a turkey that the, that a decoy made any difference in. Like I've killed a couple of birds where I had a decoy set up. Um, maybe I was just, he came in quiet or something like that. I was just set up midday. Um, but I did the same thing. I carry a, a blow up. It's a hen, a blow up hen that just stays in my jacket or in my uh, in my vest and last year i don't think it i even took it out i mean they're they're handy they're handy uh i never could get understand the whole carrying around 100 a couple hundred dollar decoys and guys running and gunning in hill country and ridges with a decoy on their back and then the whole other bag like Mm -hmm. i thought why don't they just use a blow-up decoy you put it in your vest you don't even know it's there don't take up no space don't add no weight and if you need it it's there to be called on like Mm -hmm. i never i never could grasp all that no offense to y'all if y'all use those i just never could understand it now i found i've uh, i own one hen decoy that's like a regular like i can't i don't even remember flex tone or something like that like it it's like a hard plastic and then i found last year i found uh like a gobbler like reaping decoy out in the middle of the woods it it was bizarre because it's painted red you know it's got the head looks super realistic and i come up over the hill and i see it i was like oh gosh I got down and I realized it was just out in the woods. It's just a freaking decoy sitting out in the middle of the woods. There wasn't anybody around it. Um, and so I took it, you know, I, I grabbed it and I was like, it was full of water. So it was like the hollow one where it's almost makes a bowl. It was full yeah. of water. I was like, nobody's just, somebody left this out here. They forgot it was here. Um, it was a public land. Yeah. Yeah. It was national forest. It, it, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe that's wild. I mean, Maybe they got took taken off. The gobbler went off, and they left it. And thought they was going to come back and get the decoy, and never did or something. It? Yeah, I mean, it had been there for a minute. It was a little bit sun bleached. So yeah, it had been there I, for a while. I didn't feel bad about taking it. Uh, no, but no. it's like, I mean, I, I would use that one and that hen decoy. The times when I would maybe use those if, if I had a private piece that I could hunt that had a field, a big field, or something like that. You know, and and that's the where the conversation I had earlier today kind of was going towards is like, man, it's it's so hard to gain respect from all from all walks, all walks of life, walks of the turkey hunting culture. It's like it's like they're the own worst enemies. And now we've got these laws that are not bad. I don't think they're bad at all, but it's like 
within the turkey hunting community, you have vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, right? Like, yeah. I'm not saying you have that. I'm saying it's like that amount of uh, disagreement. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is somebody, oh, you're a decoy guy or oh, you're a TSS guy? And it's it's just so stupid. And then you've got these some of these laws that are coming out that are like uh, no decoys in the first 10 days of the season. Um, and you got people saying certain things about that. And it's just, it's just overall kind of goofy, you know, like that there's, there's so many to keep up with. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot to keep up with and it's just kind of annoying. Um, I, yeah. I am, I'm like pro Alabama making moves and changes, but in my head, I'm thinking, why didn't they just move the dates back, shorten the season, reduce the bag limits and just be done with it? Like I was, you know, because it seems really complicated. There's some, it's, it's as complicated as, uh, oh, you can bait, but you kind of, you have to have a baiting license for deer. (laughs) Like you can bait if you want to on private land, but you have to buy this extra permit. Otherwise it's still illegal. And it's like, you can hunt predators at night, but you have to have a permit and you can't do it within deer season. You can only kill coyotes and you can kill bobcats during the day and you only kill fox at night with dogs. Like, it's like the weirdest thing ever. Is that really a law? Swear. Dude, it, it, I was reading it because, you know, Noah and I got like the thermal set up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting my permit. Um, and if I read it right, you know, don't quote me on it. But if I read it right, it said that you can hunt um, fox with a dog and that's it. You can only shoot those like you can. Those are you can shoot them like without a permit or without the season being limited if i remember correctly but coyotes though you have to have a a permit to hunt at night and it cannot be within deer season and then the bobcat i don't think you can kill it at night but you can kill them during the day so weird it's like super weird yeah super weird again but um i I read that about two weeks ago when i was figuring out my permit stuff because it was really for you know hunting dogs but yeah when i read it i thought that was like super weird well, I'm glad we got into it because I did want to talk about this today. Um, just kind of say, maybe be a little bit informative to a listener who doesn't know about some of the new laws. But I, I do, I'm like you, Devin. I think there's some really good stuff in it, but I think that there's some really dumb stuff. One of the one of the dumb things that, it, to me, the the I get the reasoning behind lowering the bag limit um and i'm in favor of lowering the bag limit what i'm not in favor of but it still could benefit is this whole like you can only shoot uh one turkey in the first 10 days and you can only shoot two gobblers per wma or per national forest like if if a healthy number that can be taken off of an of a national forest, let's say for example, if if the healthy number is two gobblers per person, then just make our state limit two. Like just make the whole state two. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's kind of uh, what I think. When but I was down, gotta, go ahead. When I was down there in 2020, you know, I got on that really good run. I killed one, and I killed two, and I killed three, and then like I, I'm here. I am. I'm like this. Don't even feel right. You know, I killed, <laughs> I killed, I killed the fourth gobbler and I still got another tag in my pocket in it. And then, you know, I'm on cloud nine, living it up. But at the same time, I'm like, this doesn't even feel right. 
like five gobbler tags, it just blowed my mind. It just for the how many dec- decades it's been five gobblers in some of those southern states, and it just I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, it's three here, and truth be told, I really think the national forest in the west side of the state should be two. Yeah. As far as that, I mean, I'm not, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, it just it just blew my mind. You know, like here I am with four gobblers killed, checked in, and I got another tag, and I still got another day to hunt. Like it just didn't even feel right. So you're and, non-resident uh, on that hunt, and like you're the guy you've spent, you know, however many dollars on a non-resident license. Well, I I pulled, I drove a half-ton truck and pulled a little camper down there. So that's quite a bit in fuel uh, pulling that, that camper. That was a lot of money that you invested into that. So if there's ever a reason that a guy should be like, man, I'm going to kill what I can because this was kind of dang expensive. Well, um, yeah. I mean, if there's, yeah, if there's ever a reason for somebody to be like, you know, I put a lot of money into this. I'm just a normal old Joe. I'm going to get my money out of it. And, you know, you know, sometimes you do things and you look back and you kind of feel guilty because yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm going to take it out on the turkeys and vengeance them because I spent a lot of money pulling a camper down here by myself and I got five, six days to hunt. I'm going to take it out on them. And, you know, it wasn't per se, I was taking it out on them. I was just there. It's, you know, I was on, va- I was on vacation. I, I had tags and I was just, just hunting and it just yeah. kept, you know? Yeah. I mean, but realistically, like, like it is like people make a big deal about it. Like, oh, why are they taking it down from five? That's ridiculous. That ain't gonna help nothing. And it's like you look at the rest of the country and you're like, the rest of the country seems to have a lot better turkey population than we do, and they're actually kind of protecting it and guarding it and making sure that that population is there. Like they care about that. And then you look at Alabama, where I mean, you can kill five. And granted, I don't know a ton of people that kill five every year. Right. Right. That's uh, a. That I think, and again, like I'm not 100 percent on this, but I think it was somewhere like three percent of hunters killed their five. And um, on the and on the flip and on the flip side, we don't want to know how many people kill four and don't check in that fifth one and keep hunting all season. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, so that's that's definitely a thing. I think that would be a thing no matter what. Um, I know for a fact in some of the areas like area that you hunted, Devin. Uh, local people there shoot turkeys with rifles during deer season all the time. Um, yeah. Like, cause there's a lot, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of birds out there and whatever. Uh, in Texas, we had a really healthy turkey population where I was raised and um, they, they were, it was like super healthy. Uh, you'd go out during deer season, sitting under, you know, sitting in a blind over a corn feeder and you'd see 50 turkeys in an evening. They'd all oh, just come yeah. out there and they'd eat your corn. So I get it. I understand the, like, we don't want a flock of 50 turkeys running around our property eating all of our supplemental feed for a deer. You know, that's, I understand the frustration, but the reality is, is most of the state and really most of the Southeast is pretty tough. Um, the turkey population is struggling. And so, like, I'm, I'm a fan of lowering the bag limit to four. I don't feel like that. Like, all you did was just save, like, 3% of the turkeys that were killed, you know, which yep. any yeah, amount is better um, than nothing. But I think two, to me, is not a 
crazy number, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't think too like. And and granted, I'm not the most lawmaker. Of the, most, most of the majority of the states is two, like two. Yeah, two, three. Uh, yeah. A lot of times it's one. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot. You know, there's good many states that's one. There's a lot of states that's two, and a couple states three. But you know, I don't know. You can't quote me on this, but just off the top of my head, just being in Turkey most of my life and just following things, most the majority is like two birds. Yeah, you know. And and it's like two birds can, I mean, you got what a uh, month for and just a half, public land. huh? Yeah, yeah, for just public land. Like you, you have four. It's a four gobbler. Oh diagram. yeah, we yeah we was just talking about yeah. You're right. You're I, right I'm just though. I'm I'm speaking more of of why I would be in favor of just lowering the limit to two. Period. Two or two. Four 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 just seems like a kind of. I think it's kind of insulting to the whole program of them trying to do better for the population. <laughs> I think it kind of just one down. Well, yeah, it's like I'm all for them making moves and making changes, but from going five to four, it's kind of makes you, it's kind of insulting. It's like if they really wanted to see a difference and make a change, just it, they should have went back to three or two. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, a lot, this, you know, a lot, a lot of people killed two and three gobblers, so if you cut that off at Two, three, of course, you know, you have to rely on people having a change of heart and checking in their birds and being done and going with other people and taking other people or going to another state and hunt to fill their fix. You know, it's, it's this, this whole, this whole thing, there's so many things going against the wild turkey. Well, why, you know, why yeah, not like with this? Why not? I don't understand. Uh, you, you kind of made the point of like going to another state. Like if you've got time to turkey hunt. Like, and you want to kill more than two, go hunt another state. A lot of people, are, yeah. a lot of people are doing that. I mean, from where I'm at, uh, I drive an hour and a half to an hour to get to my home place that I turkey hunt. I could be in Tennessee in an hour and 45 minutes and hunting public land in Tennessee somewhere. I could do the same thing and go into Mississippi. Like it really, the drive time is not anything extra. I understand non-resident licenses can be expensive um but i don't know i i'm not against i'm not against paying a little bit extra money to go and and up my uh my number for the season like that's that's great i mean i have people, I, i'm not saying do this it's not i'm not trying to advocate it but i have people come to me and be like how you afford it and stuff and i, I save up a little bit throughout the year but if it come down to it I'm like, well, you, you, you got good credit. And they're like, yeah, I got good credit. I'm like, you see, you've been, you're pretty responsible. I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm like, and you, I'm like, well, just get a thousand dollar credit card and just put gas and license on it and be responsible and pay it off in a couple of months. Go live. You know, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying go put tens of thousands of dollars on beer, be irresponsible. But if you want to put two or three out of state license on it and some gas, and yeah. you sleep in your truck or tent. I mean, go for it, man. Live a little bit. It, yeah. You can put, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it all comes down to priorities, um, right? But, but like I said, like I'm, I'm for the five to four. I think it's at least a step in the right direction. But if they, if they do the, you know, two uh, per WMA or two per national forest, that I also have 
issues with that because there's some national forests in Alabama that have one or two or three WMAs within them. So if you're saying well, you can shoot two per per national forest, does that mean some of those national forests that have multiple WMAs, like can you only shoot two within that? Like, There's so many gray areas, and you're relying so much on the public to follow the laws mm-hmm. and be law-abiding citizens. Yeah. Because if there's not a law enforcement presence on those public lands, if there's if there's not they ain't putting uh, pop up um, road checks, and you know the old turkey hunter comes around the road and he killed a gobbler, and he, you know he checked it in, and he pops around turn, and there's the game warden's having a road check, and he goes and tells his buddy and his buddy, man, y'all be careful, man. They they had a road check down there on such and such government road. You know, they, they, you know, watch you back, you know, and then that word gets out and then the outlaws got to start looking over their shoulder, you know, but if there's no law enforcement presence, people has been doing this stuff, they ain't dumb. And, <laughs> you know, if, if they can only kill two and some people ain't changing their ways, they're set in it. And that's the thing about the deep South and through the South is people got to have a change of heart and start giving back more than they take. You got to mm-hmm. start be conservatives of this animal because i don't think it's on the end on the brink of like extinction by no means but if if the human population keeps rising habitat keeps going down if things you know it's not gonna be long our kids are gonna be 20 and 30 years old could you imagine 20 and 30 years from now if things don't start clicking in the right direction you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think I'd be curious to see though what the if the population's decreased or anything like that because you know when the numbers transition, I, I don't know what the numbers of the turkeys that are killed each year. But with this this shift for me, um, I'm I'm kind of giddy about it <laughs> simply because like I've been uh, I, I want to say the past three years my season shifted because again I, I'm hunting private mainly uh with turkeys and with deer um and getting into public a bit more but i had a four day season for the past three years and had to get it done within four days and now i've got a shift where it was like april 20th through the 24th last year i I believe and that was the only zone right like you were the only zone that had that only yeah yeah and so like this year i'm like I'm loving it because I've got an early season that lasts a, a little bit over a month. Yeah, and and you you needed that. Like I think that's the thing with all of this that makes it really confusing for me is like different parts of the state has different rules, different zones have different rules. They have different like starting dates. Okay, here's a gray area that I have. Um, some national forests start on April 1st or some, some public land areas just in general start on April 1st, some public and land areas start on April 8th. Well, you can only shoot one gobbler in the first 10 days. Does that, does that mean, but private land statewide, private land is the 25th. Does that mean that those 10 days start from the 25th? When, when does the, yeah, that was my great area. I'm I'm April 1st. I'm April 1st. Right. You're April 1st because you're in that zone. But most of the state is the 25th. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was my biggest gray area about reading those rules. Like, okay, so when's the 10 day start? Does it, does it, does the 10 day start on the 25th? Or does it start start on youth season? Does does it start on youth season? Does it start? So if I kill one, 
if I'm hunting in Talladega and I kill one on April 1st, am I not allowed to kill one until after April 10th? Or can I go to the other public that opens up April 8th and then I can kill one on April 8th because that's the first 10 days of that season. Like what's the, you know, well, maybe when you're see like whatever zone you're in, I guess at the time. So that would mean, of, of when. so that would mean, let's look at this. So that would mean a youth, a, let's just say a youth could kill all four of their birds within the first 10 days of the season. Right. I mean, so. Uh, if they're hunting private because it says a god or it's you know it's a gobbler per day but i guess the youth would still have to fall under the so is it public is it on public stuff. land only that's 10 the 10 days i think so rule i think yes I it think. is yeah it's okay. just the public land i think so that's just public land all right yeah. so let's say a youth so that that answers that that answers some of it let's say a youth hunter though goes out to uh uh, what's well, a, yeah, from what I understand, it is. A youth hunter goes out to Talladega National Forest and does the youth hunt. They go in says, yeah. and do that youth hunt on whatever, the weekend before the season starts, the general season. So they go and do that youth hunt. Does their 10 days start there? Can like can they now shoot one on April 3rd? You know what I mean? Like It's, it's just it, really yeah. weird. Bag limit here says no more than one gobbler during the first 10 days of each season from all combined WMAs, uh, CHAs, and National Force. So combined? So that yeah, would mean it, it would start? During the first 10 days of each season from all combined public. So what it's saying, if you kill a gobbler in the zone one, you can't kill another in that zone for 10 more days. But you can go to another zone when that season comes in, even if it overlaps with the season that you killed one in, in that zone, you can kill another one in that zone, but you can't kill another one in that zone for another 10 days. But I no more than two gobblers from any public or any, you know, any WMAs or CHAs or national forest combined. Huh? Yep. It's so weird. It, can, it's, it just gives me a lot of, a lot of like questions. And, and, I was talking to somebody else about this the other day, and one of the things so that like, I said. All right, all, right, all right, hold on, hold on. So basically, you can kill two on National Forest, and then you can hop into a WMA inside of that National Forest and kill two more in there. I don't know. See, this is what confuses me about the WMAs down there is that, like, the wmas are in or on the net or on the federal land mm-hmm. is, is, can someone correct me on the, or am i right or wrong on that? no you're you're right like uh so, bankhead so, national forest has black warrior wma within it well, yeah yeah and so is like how do you say it chocolate chocolate like that like, that, like that's in, that's inside of talladega exactly so, so is that this? See, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Is that not considered national forest though? Like it's just the be uh, designating that WMA gives the state things that they can do to that land, but it's still federal land. And it's so still that, a really easy thing to cheat. Like yeah, like so. So is that all national forest per se? You know, like can I can I kill two on Talladega, or is that counting against me going to Chocolaca because it's in the national forest? You know, or is that is it since it's designated WMA, I can kill two in there, then go right across the line 
an imaginary line and yeah. kill two more? Like, I don't know. Like that's 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 where I struggle at is trying to figure out that kind of stuff. And um, you know, and and like I said, it's easy to cheat. Like it would not be hard to kill a kill a gobbler. Since we're talking Talladega, let's just keep using that. It wouldn't be hard to kill a gobbler in Talladega. And for me, on my way home, to run by uh, Bankhead National Forest and go check it in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, that's I not mean, a hard yeah, thing. I mean, to. It's really not a hard thing to cheat. And that, to me, is something that, I mean, people can cheat any any of the ways, but it just seems really easy to cheat that one. So I don't under, understand even having it you know what i mean yeah, and i think the questions too like following it to the best of your ability you know reading being familiar with the laws but also encouraging people like if you just don't know call you know whatever your local representative is or game and fish to, to ask the questions that and you know what i mean that and way not to know. and not to interrupt you on that you got to be careful with doing that too, because sometimes people pick up the phone and they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's oh, true. You're one, because uh, in deer season up here, a local fellow, great guy, uh, he might hear this and it, you know he'll be like, "Yeah, that was us," you know. But he was wanting to go deer hunting east of the Blue Ridge, but the na- the national forest is included with any national forest that falls east of the blue ridge is included with the, the laws and regulations of the national forest west of the blue ridge because the densities population densities are low on the national forest so it's included with the west of the blue ridge but there was some literature there that some people had trouble with i was trying to explain to him he's like no the game warrants told me i could go kill a third buck east of the blue ridge i'm like you can on private property or state land but you can on that national forest it's included with the and long story short, he called the number and they told him, yeah. And I'm like, look, that is not right. You're going to get in trouble over someone not knowing what they're saying. It was actually the head guy. I can't remember his name. It was like the head game warden. Hmm. And I had to call him and I said, sir, listen to the emotion in my voice. You did not tell this gentleman right. And he argued with me for a, for a minute. And I said, no, sir, listen to what I'm saying. And then he said, let me do some research. And he called me back. And he's like, "Sir, you was right. This is oh, the gosh. head. This is the head man." <laughs> hey, it's hard for them to keep up with the laws too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you got to be, and, and and it doesn't matter what he said, she said in court. The written law is what matters. So even when you get someone tells you something over the phone, you need to check it again and use your best judgment. You know, read it and read it again. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, yeah, and, be be and, certain. And normally what you, your mind and body is telling you is the right thing to do is more than likely right. Yeah. And, and here, and, and, here's what and, I when, and when a game warning stops you and checks you and you go against what you think is right. And you say, well, I can say, well, I thought that ain't going to help you. They're going to give you Correct. a ticket. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like being like, obviously having all the proper licenses, being familiar with the laws, having that handy to where if you were to come up on a game warrant or he come up on you, like you know your stuff to where it's like, hey, I've I followed this to the best of my ability. And, you know, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of and I'll just put it blunt idiots that are like, well, I mean, I thought it was this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. But like being being certain, like for real, legit following the rules 
Um, that's going to go a long way. I believe when it's like, if you're getting stopped or something like, Hey, look, I got the proper licenses. I I've called, I've read this, I've got it here handy. And I've, I followed this to the best of my ability. All right. I, I, I had a similar situation in Tennessee with, uh, the Tennessee velvet hunt where I called and, uh, if anybody's watched our videos, you this isn't like a huge secret or anything. But I called um, who I called a certain a certain place their offices their a certain public hunting place I called their office. I was like, "Hey, um, I'm reading the way I'm reading this on the law, on the regulations says I can hunt this place for the velvet hunt with a rifle." And they were like, "Yep, you can." I was like, "All right, so just just so I can have this peace of mind, you're telling me." That I can go on this velvet hunt for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I can shoot a deer, I can shoot a buck in velvet with a rifle out of one of these bean fields. You're telling me I'm not going to get in trouble for doing that? Absolutely, sir. You can. That that's what it's for. You can be out there without a doubt. All right. Okay. So I'm. I kept going. I was like, I'm about to drive down there a couple times to scout. And it's going to be about three or four hours for me to get there. You're telling me that this is going to be worth my time to go and scout and do this research and, and do these scouting trips because I'll be able to hunt here. Yes, sir. You absolutely Dude, the week of the state put out a thing that was like, these areas are off limits. And it was the place <laughs> that I'd spent all this time going to scouting time and money. Exactly. To go and scout this area and and I was the the crazy thing is that it was they put it out like on a Facebook post or something like that. The only reason I saw it is because somebody sent it to me, and they said, "Hey, this is uh this is going, this is going on. They're they're not going to open this place." And I was like, "So what happens if nobody tells me? All I know is what I did responsibly and called, and I go out there and shoot a shoot a buck with a rifle off of a bean field." And a game yeah. warden pulls up. Like, what happens at that point? Like, hey, I called. No, that's not going to happen. They're going to take my license, maybe take my truck and my gun and all this yeah. mess for poaching. And that's and the what sad make- thing about that is, like, you, you, you've got, like, again, with all the, the different laws and stuff, is you've got to check, double check, triple check because of stuff like that. Like, um holes like in in the stuff where you genuinely like you were doing the right thing calling and then if that friend wouldn't have called you just like what you said like what what the crap would have happened you know mm-hmm. the only thing i, I think hate that. That you, the only thing the only thing that i think excuse me that you could protect yourself is if you email this person and say can you write put this in writing of our just you know that's the only thing I think almost like getting written permission for private property. You almost have to have it in writing to be able to take it, excuse me, and use it for, you know, protect yourself in court. Be like this wildlife representative of this state of this hotline that says call for wildlife regulations and laws and whatever. So on, so on said that, I could hunt here and this time, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's the only way that I can think in my mind that you could protect yourself. Yeah. And, and, and realistically, I mean, 
nobody's going to do that. I don't have, I haven't had any, what I would call like negative interactions with any wildlife agency, game warden or anything like that. Not that I can think of. Most people have been pretty cool. Like, uh, for example, me and Clayton, uh, both shot deer whenever we went to Mississippi this year and they, we were in the CWD area. And so there was a lot of regulations on what they needed from each deer. And it was, there wasn't a, a one spot where they had all the regulations put, like you kind of had to go to multiple different areas to find everything. And we, we ended up doing it to the best of our ability, uh, everything that we knew. Uh, but I packed out my deer and, uh, because I thought, you know, all I've, I, I didn't realize I needed anything from the actual deer carcass, um, other than like the proof of sex to check it in. Well, come to find out you actually do need the jawbone and all this stuff. And, uh, so the guy called me, the biologist there called me and he was super cool. He was like, man, I know we got a lot of, a lot of rules to follow. There's a lot of things that we ask for from each deer. Um, but you guys did more than most non-residents do. So don't worry about it. And really all he wanted to know, it wasn't for testing. It was just to age the deer. And he was like, could yeah. you just yeah. give me, give me an estimate on the age. And I told him and he was like, cool, good deal. Good to go. So, dude, that's super cool. It's and, and the thing is, like, they deal with like um, our law enforcement stuff. They deal with idiots. Like, they deal with people that are breaking the law on a regular basis. Well, so they're breaking the law. There's there's people breaking the law intentionally. They're you know outlaws. Yeah. You know, there, there's people out there spotlighting big bucks. You know, go go get those people. You know, don't yeah. don't mess with someone that's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's super cool because I have had bad encounters with um, Game Warden. I, I mean, like, it, I'm not naming names, but oh. one in particular that he wasn't like, he was just not personable at all. You couldn't ask any questions. Like, you, that would have happened in, like, like what you, the story you just said, Parker, and you would have immediately been wrong, even though you did all that you could have done to, like, legit follow the rules. He would have been, um, been acting like you were selling crack to kindergarten. Dude. Like, yeah, but that's treated the thing. You that like way. if you, and I, I feel like, cause we're on the same team. Like if, if you're a, um, a, like a professional outdoorsman in the sense of like, you want to, um, manage, you want to enjoy the outdoors. You want to get your kids involved, stuff like that. Um, realizing that, Hey, we're, we are all on the same team and, just like that game board, I think it's super cool where he's like, Hey, recognizing that you did that to the best of your ability. Whereas like what you were saying, Devin is like other people, like they know who, who aren't doing that, who aren't going the extra mile. They're just like clueless and don't give a crap about anything. But I think, I think there needs to be room to, to be able to like actually call, ask questions. And and I believe that there is, you know, I know I'm, I'm friends with multiple game wardens here in, in Alabama and they're great. Um, you know, being able to talk to the, the local guys, I think it's a, a great, a great thing to do. Yeah. This thing done got, this thing done got deep. We was, we was going to have a podcast. About turkey <laughs> <time>. <laughs> hey, in a nutshell, but, we appreciate but, all the, but, all the, but, uh, the law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. But, but no, it's a it's good talk. It's a good talk. Yeah, and I mean, and it it helps people kind of gets the ball rolling on people who may not have any idea about some of the changes that are going on. Um, but you know, 
like we said, three percent three percent of hunters are killing five turkeys a season, at least that we're seeing, or or that accounts for three percent of the total pop or total harvest number. I don't know how that would have worked out for me when I got a four day thing. Yeah, I couldn't kill two in a day. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. But I mean, I turkey hunt as much as anybody. I'm pretty hardcore about it during turkey season, and um, and I've never tagged out with five birds in Alabama. Um, and so like, you know, I know most people are not going out there and doing that, but I, I hear the, the conversation and the, the argument, people say things like, well, why don't you just limit yourself then? If that's what you think it should be, you don't have to kill five. Chuck Sykes said that, um, I think when he was talking about deer harvest, it may have been turkeys, but he's like, you know, you don't, you don't have to tag out. If you think there's an issue and it's like, uh, I mean, I I understand that argument. I get what he's saying, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, if, if I have tags in my pocket, I'm going to go, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and hunt them. Um, yeah. So there's always that argument. And I I don't, I don't know how I feel about that argument because I, in one hand, it's like, yeah, you could, if everybody felt like there was a need for a change, the best way to do it is to make the change yourself. Uh, I think Michael Jackson said that best. Um, but do it. <laughs> you just got to make that I, change, baby, you know? Well, but <laughs> go ahead, Devin. That was 2020 is the first time I've ever stepped foot in Alabama and uh seen, you know, people saying our our numbers are going down their way down and I got down there and I was in one particular area and I scouted, and I heard, like, 12 different turkeys before 8 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, these people don't know what true thin populations are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I might go almost better part of several weeks in the season not hear 12 different turkeys some years. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a steep downward trend for probably over almost a decade and a half up here. You were um, in you were in this magical place, and because where I hunt <laughs> here at home, I'm I don't think in the seven years that I've turkey hunted it, I don't think I've heard twelve gobblers altogether in those seven years. Like last year, I didn't hear a single gobble on my home place. Now I traveled some and went to other parts of the state. Year before that, I heard two gobbles, like. And I killed one of those turkeys. So it's like, you can go to a lot of Alabama and you're not going to, it's not going to be like where you went to. Um, and in the same way, you know, that's the same thing with deer too. I mean, deer the same way. You can go places where there's a really, it, it's not a, a state thing. It's a aerial or area. It's a, region. It's a area. Yeah. yeah. It's a region, regional thing. Cause I paid attention down there when I'm traveling through the woods, I looked and I, hardly saw any deer sign hardly any leftover rubs yeah hardly any deer tracks i did find a buck bed that i doubt very very few people even hunt but um that was about it like i didn't jump no deer and spook no deer uh the only deer i seen or spooked ruined the gobbler on the last morning <laughs> the only one that i seen her <laughs> the whole trip was was right there a big old doe it it's crazy because you can go out to 
um, parts of, you know, the areas that you were hunting. And it's very, very, very similar to the place where I hunt in habitat, in hunting pressure. There may be more hunting pressure where you're at. Um, oh, there was, there was, I still didn't figure that out. There was people everywhere. There was vehicles everywhere. Mm-hmm. I counted like 17 different states. And on that whole trip I had there, I never ran into nobody else in the woods. I never had nobody come on me when I was hunting a turkey. I still ain't never figured that out. Um, hey, I mean, and when I, and when I when I said I heard like a dozen gobblers, that wasn't from one spot. Like I, I rode my bicycle into a place, and then I come out of there, and then I got in the truck and just started covering ground quick and dropping pins. And I was just moving, listing high spots and dropping pins. So I covered a lot of ground. So I, I wasn't meaning like. 12 turkeys from i was listening from one sounding ridge and heard 12 turkeys i was just covering as much ground as i could at that peak goblin time just traveling stopping listening dropping pins you know yeah but I, what i was what i was really trying to say was like i i had done found like a dozen birds and they wasn't singular turkeys this is you know that's early down there and there was uh you know a lot of them was you know like two, they were still together like mm-hmm. two gobblers together like Flocked two or three up, here there horrible. yeah yeah i've i've been uh, different parts of the state. I've been in other states in uh, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be hunting Florida for the first time this uh, in the next two weeks. But um, like, there are some truly magical regions or areas within every state that I've been to. Um, whether it be deer or turkeys, you know, there's there's oh, parts yeah. of Florida where, I mean, it's just a, a wonderland for deer hunting. And you would never know it because it's Florida in the same way, you know, Alabama, I think overall there is a, there is a pretty steady decline. There are some areas within our state, like, like when you were, I'll be honest with you, Devin, whenever you were here and you're like, I saw your post and like, there ain't no shortage of turkeys in Alabama and blah, blah, blah. You're seeing all this mess when people would say oh, something. Oh, no, no. Uh, I think what you're referring to was I was, you know, I was had my head down i was there turkey hunting i was you know i was you know that's what i was on vacation i was on a purpose you know i was there to kill turkeys i was there to hunt turkeys but you know he kept working out and i'd find one and make things happen but people was messaging me like bunch lots of people and if i realized it was going to get that much attention i'd done over i wouldn't have posted like anything i I regret sometimes i i should have waited till after the trip but people was like they must be on fire. They must be, you know, running the gun brown. I'm thinking, no, they're not. These are very quiet, hinned up turkeys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gobble up on the limb and hit the ground and they get quiet. They're strutting hens, you know, they're, yep. and you'll get a gobble here and there. Like people was thinking that they was just running in the gun brown. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard for these turkeys. Uh, one I killed in the evening at, at 6 30 and he came in silent drumming. <laughs> Um, the one gobbler I killed was on the worst weather day of the trip. It rained all day. And when I woke up, I expected the, the, the one last time I was in service that night, when I went to bed and I woke up, I expected the, the rain to be thunder, like hammering on the camper. And I woke up and it wasn't. And I opened up the camper door and it was beautiful. I knew the storm was coming, but at that moment it was beautiful. Like two hours for daylight or two and a half hours for daylight. And I had a gobble rooster. I'm like, 
And I look and listen. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try him. I'm going to, you know, it might come down on me. And I killed him. His feet was on the ground maybe 15 seconds. Hmm. And I killed him. And when I killed him, I run up to him. You know, his last couple flops, I took like two pictures and it just come out the sky. Like the whole time it was getting daylight and him gobbling. And I didn't know if his feet was going to hit the ground because I thought it was going to storm before he got there. And they was just going to sit in a tree. But that I can hear the thunder cracking and rolling off in the distance and getting closer. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, it's going to hit before they fly down and they're just going to sit in a tree. But for some reason, they the two his two hands flew down. And he flew down, and he was just out of sight. I gave one little yelp. He stuck his head up and pow. And I took two pictures of that gobbler, and it come out the sky. And I was a mile from the truck. <laughs> and uh, were you using an e bike or a regular bike? Oh no, this. I mean, uh, there was. I had a regular bike, but this this place that morning, I, it was all walking, and it wasn't hard walking. It was just a mile. I had to sneak my way in there and walk. Uh, the bottoms of the hollows to get in and wrap in behind the turkey and come up and work my way back to them. But anyway, uh, I I think that was like the second or third turkey. I, I can't remember which one it was in which order. But you couldn't wipe a smile off. I think it was the second turkey I killed on that trip. You couldn't wipe a smile off of my face. <laughs> and I, it was, I mean, it was, I had a, metal gun on my shoulder and it's thundering right over me and i was just happy i was like god if you're going to take me out this is the way to go you know <laughs> you couldn't have, i was so happy coming out you know it was just hammering i mean soaked to the bone all the way to the truck and it, it never stopped but i you couldn't wipe the smile from my face but um i'm telling you with turkeys there's something about them like i i'm a i started this turkey hunting game as a a thing to do when I wasn't deer hunting, you know, it's not deer season. That's kind of how I started. It's like, it's something to kind of take my focus and I'm going to learn how to do it. And every year that goes by, it just gets that much better and that much better. And I think it's happening as I get better as a turkey hunter and I start to see fruits of my labor start to pay off and things like that. But man, every one that I kill, it, it just feels special. You know, every one that I get to go and put my hands on, it feels different than a deer. Like when, when deer season opens up, I'm expecting, I'm going to kill a deer this season. I'm going to kill a buck or multiple with turkeys. Every time the season opens, I'm like, man, I sure hope it, I hope I luck out this year. You know, it feels like a real blessing whenever you finally get to kill one. Every, every year before season, you're just thinking in your mind, do I still remember how to do this? Can I still do this? Yeah. That's so true. (laughs) You know, and, and until until you get on a goblin turkey and he's come work, you know, and you know, and you get that feeling he's working into you and he's working the call and things are going right, you're thinking, all right, it might happen, this might work out, and you and you and it, and it works out, and you get him, and you're like, well, I I can still do this, you know, and then the season's off, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what it feels like. Everyone feels so unique, too. Um, and you know, my dad started hunting me when I was five. I'm not just you know i'm coming in on 30 years of hunting these things mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's crazy how how different it has become for me from when i first started to where i'm at now it's like i mean but even then i remember the first so i killed a bunch of turkeys Devin, you may not know this i killed a bunch of turkeys when i lived in texas uh like I yeah. said, we had a ton of them we could shoot them during deer season and i shot a bunch of them doing that but 
my first Eastern that I killed was in Georgia, and it was my first season, like, learning how to call, learning how to read the woods, read the sign, um, learning how to run a gun, because I'd never done that before. Right. And, and so I was figuring it all out, but that first one that I killed was a Jake, and I called him in. I called two Jakes in, and they came in goblin and played the game perfect. And I, dude, I'm like you. I could, you couldn't wipe the smile off of my face. We were under like tornado warning that morning and all kinds of stuff. I was same thing. I was like, you know, if uh, if 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 there's a, a better way for me to go out, I'm all ears. I don't I don't think there's a better way. Uh, but it it never changed from. I never got used to the feeling of killing turkeys. Like every single one I've killed, I've been super grateful for the opportunity. And and I think that's kind of what separates turkey hunters from other people. There's just this, this deep-rooted, like, appreciation, respect for, for them, for the bird. I think there's some of the most – we did a podcast last week about kind of some turkey biology and how good they can see. And th- I think there's – there are absolutely magnificent – uh, animal. They do crazy mm-hmm. things. Sometimes they, they're, they're, they're amazing. It's really, it's crazy. And, and I, I respect them. I, I deeply respect the bird. And so I think that, that adds to it, but, um, man, I'm, I'm excited. I ever, like I said, every season before I get going, I'm like, man, I really hope I get to experience that again. I hope we get to yeah. put our hands on another Turkey and, um, I'm, I'm fired up about it, man. When does your season start, Devin? In uh, in Virginia, Virginia is always the second Saturday of April. Okay, so it's easy to look at for the next year or years to come. It's always pretty easy to see when season's coming because it's the second Saturday of April. Youth weekend's always the first weekend of April. Then you're it's a week off, and then the second Saturday. Do y'all get? Do y'all get like a, I, a month and a half? I stopped and paused. I stopped and paused and was listening because. There's coyotes raising hell out back. I can hear them through the house. <laughs> they have, they getting they the turkeys goblins? Yeah, but I'm sorry. What was you saying? Uh, I was just saying, um, I don't remember what I was saying. Sorry. Uh, oh, I was going to say, how how long does it go? How long does your season go to? It's five-week season. First three weeks of season, you can only hunt to noon. The last two weeks, you can hunt all day. Three birds, one bird per day. Um uh, Monday morning, uh, finally, finally won, finally, uh, got past the, you can hunt public land on Sunday. That's um, awesome. It, pa- it passed in the house and, uh, then it's gotta be signed by the governor and I guess it'll go in effect like June 1st. So, um, starting this deer season, this fall, I'll be able to hunt public land on Sunday. We've been able to hunt private land for, quite a while i mean probably close to 10 years now i ain't exactly sure what year that went in effect but it's been longer than what i'm thinking and uh you know it's uh it's cool i mean like say it's a double-edged blade you know because yeah it makes it easier for people to hit it on the weekend but you know there's lots of people in this state that that you know work all week work five and six days a week don't have vacation they got kids and, you know, Saturday comes and they're off work and you want to go hunting and it rains all day. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Sunday, it's beautiful, beautiful day to go hunting and they can't, you know, and, mm-hmm. and beside, you know, and, and, and not even trying to bring up church, but, you know, those people might want to hunt, hunt to nine o'clock 
and then come out and go to church and then eat lunch and then go hunt to dark, you know, I mean, you know, not, so it's, yeah, I forgot about the time limit here, the 12 or the, uh, daylight to one. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. That's a, nope. Just reminded me of that. That was, well, yeah, again, that's one of the things I don't think that's the same rule on private. It's not, but I'm not uh, against it's it. Pri- it's private. They can hunt all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ain't, I mean, it sucks. It's a bummer. Cause I like if, if I'm off work and free responsibilities, I could just stay in the woods all day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cause that middle of the day is a good time to find a gobbler getting, you know, cranked up. And then, and then that, if it gets warm in the day and then whatever time around four thirty five o'clock, when that temperature starts going back the other direction, starts cooling off. And if you find a gobbler, then, I mean, I ain't saying he's going to die, but for some reason, the odds are a lot higher. And when, if you find a gobbler gobbling on his own, or cuts you off in the evening when that temperature starts dropping, it's a good chance you can get him. That's why that one I killed down there in the evening, uh, I, you know, I'm, I really didn't have, you know, I was hoping, you know, something like that would work out, but I, I went in there to roost turkeys. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went into this place. It was a, there was several finger ridges come off right in front of me and I was on a knob and I, all these finger ridges was in my face and it was still as a mouse. I'm like, well, if nothing gobbles, I'll hear them fly up because it's so calm and it's right in my face. And, the, and I'd hit tur- her turkeys gobble in that direction had never been in there before daylight because I'd always been hunting another direction and I could hear go- gobbles way off that direction. And I looked and I said, that's where they're at. And so I went in there that evening and, uh, that, that day I got my butt, butt kicked that whole day. And, uh, I went in there and I thought, and it was so dry and quiet. And I'm thinking, man, if I can just get in there without spooking anything, get settled down and get settled in, you know, if I don't, I really didn't think killing one wasn't really on my mind, honestly. I mean, it was on my, it was there in the back of my mind, but I Mm -hmm. was, it was just a, a a mission to roost the turkey. And, uh, I sat down and got situated and face mask was around my neck. And I thought over the years, other people hear this, they'll know what I'm talking about. And y'all might have had it happen, but, well, sometimes a little mountain stream will gurgle. The water will gurgle and run through some rocks and gurgle a certain way. And in a distance, it does it just right where it almost sounds like a drum. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll sound like a gobbler drumming sometimes. And uh, and I was sitting there and the creek was down in the bottom and I heard the sound and then I listened for it, listened for it, listened for it, didn't hear it. And I'm thinking, and then like I went to get, I'd moved or something, rustled the leaves to get situated. And then I thought I heard it again and I listened and listened and listened for it. I didn't hear it. So I then I like didn't believe myself. And I was thinking, then I convinced myself, oh, it's just that creek trickling. And what it was, I caught a drum a couple of times, way off and faint. And uh, so then I just picked up my box call. I had it laying beside me. I picked it up. I scratched it three times. App, app, app. And not very loud because it was so quiet and it was going to ring that whole area just by scratching it. Anything in there was going to, so I just barely scratched it three times and laid it back down. And I was actually looking at my phone, killing time, just sitting there quiet, not moving. And, uh, looking at, I think I was, I was looking at maps. I was just studying maps while I was sitting there. And a couple minutes went by after I scratched that lid and I heard, I said, Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I just, 
I dropped my phone, pulled my face mask up to you know my nose, and put my gun. You put my gun on my knee and got ready. And put the gun on fire, and he was just like he was drumming every step. Now you imagine a gobbler coming in, gobbling almost every couple seconds. I mean, he was he was coming hard, like, and uh, sometimes it's hard to course that drum. Like they can move three yards to the left, but the drum will sound twenty yards to the left, and then they zag four or five yards back to the right and then the drum will sound 20 yards to the right that's just the way it travels yeah. i think nature intended i think nature intended the drum to be hard to pinpoint but um <laughs> the uh as i'm sitting there not you know i can't see but about 25 yards where the ground drops off so i got the gun in the center of where i'm thinking he's at and i'm just moving my eyes because i know i can't move my head back and forth i just kind of put my head in the middle split the difference and just moving my eyes left to right, left to right, looking for that white crown to pop up. And I look to the right, and I look back to the left, and then there he is, about 20 – it was about 18 steps is what I stepped off. But it was a down treetop, and the treetop was an old treetop. It wasn't fresh. It didn't have leaves on it. It was a skeleton. And it was a hole through that tr down treetop, and there was he was looking at me. And I had a big pine tree. I had a big tree for cover that was way wider than me. And I just looked at him, and my gun barrel was off – eight, 10 feet, what I needed to swing. Well, I didn't need to move the gun barrel about a foot and a half, but from where he was, you know, from where it's pointing to where I got to get it to is about probably 12 foot, if I recall. And, uh, he, he, I had not moved a muscle and I had a good tree, but he knew I wasn't right. Yeah. He, he looked at me and he kind of bobbed that head and it was a limb about the size of a quarter. And his eyeball went behind that limb, and I bumped the gun over in that hole. And he, I, th I think he seen me move, and he jerked his head back in that hole to look. Like, what was that? And, and I, you know, I, I, bl I blasted him. But that was just a, a, a mission. I made that hike in there in the evening, just trying to roost something, get one on a limb, you know, even, even if they didn't gobble, because I know sometimes it's not common – just from what I've heard people talk that they didn't have a lot of luck getting turkeys to gobble down there in the evenings. Yeah. It really so happens to me. So I was thinking, you know, if they don't, if they don't gobble, they hear them. And then luckily I was right where he wanted to be. It was a couple big white, or I guess it was white pines, a couple big pines on a point, perfect roost spot. And I'm, you know, when I sit down I'm thinking, man, turkeys roost here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that worked out. It does, and it, and sometimes it does. I think the the age old saying "you can't kill them from the couch" is true. Um, every time you're yeah, out I mean, there, you you're got, making the opportunity for it to you happen. You got to get out there and make your own luck. It got really hot that day, like uh, middle of the day. It was scorching hot and wind howling, and I kind of shut down. The turkey shut down, and I kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. And I've been hunting hard for a couple of days, and it got. Uh, I had a portable generator. And about one o'clock, I mean, it was like 90 some degrees and wind howling. You couldn't hear nothing. And, and, uh, and I ain't gonna lie. I come back and ate a sandwich and I cranked that air conditioner, that camper wide open <laughs> and, uh, took a little nap. And then I got up like four o'clock and then, you know, I had a game plan in my head already. So I took like two hour, two hour, two, three hour nap and got back up and got dressed or put my boots back on and, and made that scouting trip in there to roost the turkey and end up killing a gobbler. Yeah, and, and it happens. I mean, I feel like just when I've about given up chance that something 
good is going to happen during turkey season. Uh, that's usually when it happens, and it, it's fun, man. I mean, that's it, there's the challenge to it. There's the challenging yourself and, and continuing to go even when it sucks, um, and continuing to go even when you're having good success. You know, kind of how you did on that trip. I think it's, I think it's a, it's it's a really challenging thing to get into turkey hunting is. But man, once you once it gets in your blood, it's hard to imagine life any any different. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes wonder like, what would I be doing in life? Who would I be? What what would my hobbies be? Or you know, would I be turkey hunter? Would I be hunting bucks back in the mountains? if my dad wouldn't have been who my dad was and got me into hunting and stuff and took me, put me first and done everything he could to get me a gobbler and always made sure I, you know, he put me on a buck and got me a buck. Like, you know, and he taught me so many lessons when Turkey about Turkey hunting, you know, by the time I was eight, nine, 10 years old, I, I knew so many lessons and mm-hmm. things about Turkey hunting that, you know, when I got, 12 13 14 years old and started wandering off on my own you know i killed my first turkey by myself when i was 13 uh called two gobblers in and, and killed the one about 20 yards and there was just so many things that i seen and he pre- preached in my mind and drove in my brain you know he preached you know especially about you know not trying to walk through the woods like a, a bull in a china shop he'd always say he said boy you know He's like a bull in a china shop, you know. He'd always say, walk walk fast, but put your foot down easy. And I'm here, I'm a little kid thinking, how in the hell do I walk fast and quiet? <laughs> you know, you know, it's, I'm like, hey, boy, you got to be quiet, making too much noise. You got to set your foot down easy. And you got, I'm thinking like, dad, dad, how do I walk fast and quiet? <laughs> but as I got older, you know, I seen like, you know, I weigh 200, I hold my, my whole adult life. I've always been 200, 215 pounds, six foot. And, uh, and, uh, I was many times not, and not calling it my buddies, but I've taken buddies before and they weigh, you know, way less than me and they're making all kinds of noise. And here I am 200 pounds and, you know, can't even hear myself. Yeah. And I hear them. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I ain't trying to, you know, you're going to have to, you have to get quiet. <laughs> you gotta tighten up a little bit. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm like, well, yeah, turkey hunting hits a bit different. It does hit different. I'm super excited about it this season. Guys, thanks again for coming on the show and uh, chatting about it for a little bit. Uh, Heck well, yeah, man, this was fun. Uh, one thing I can leave, if I could leave someone or a younger person, you know, the older veterans, they already know, but it really is true when you can, I'm not saying don't run and gun. I, 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 running gun that's what that's how i'll hunt is running gun but if you're in turkeys and you know they're there and they're getting quiet just take your time sit and wait if there's if you can hear a lot of ground i ain't saying pull out and don't go somewhere else and try to find a hot one i love doing that you know but if you've done hiked back in somewhere a mile or two and it's going to take you 20 30 minutes to get out of there and you know there's turkeys there take your time slow down listen sit down and yeah. get where you can hear them and sit down for a little bit, just 30 minutes, just wait, let things play out. You know? And then, you know, he'll start gobbling on his own or, you know, he might only gobble every 15, 30 minutes, but instead of you blundering down through there and spooking them and running them out of the country and making them fly off over on the other mountain, let him gobble, you know, and then reposition and, and get a little closer and then sit and wait and 
let him gobble again on his own and then get in there with him. And then you might get inside his bubble to where he'll respond to the call and be interested in you and then start playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I, it ain't, you know, when I go out of state, I am a lot more aggressive. I'm going for a two or three day trip or a real quick weekend trip. And I'm trying to make something happen. And I don't know, I've never been there for my life. Yeah. I'm going to move through there a little quicker, but like in your home area, woods you know and country you know if, if you've scouted and you heard turkeys there before season and they're scratching you know slow down take your time and try not to force it if you can and and then when i started got in that maturity level of turkey hunting i started killing more turkeys mm-hmm. uh, just moving slow and letting things play out i'm not saying don't make power moves or be aggressive because i do that it's it's so such a loaded thing you can do both of those at it, the same time. You can be patient yeah, and aggressive it, all together. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Such a, it's such a loaded thing to try to put into words. I've never had more tr- – it's something that I love and so passionate about. I've never had more trouble trying to put it into words. I'm not – you know, it's like, yeah, I'm aggressive. I make big power moves and, and think, man, a lot of people couldn't have killed that turkey. But truth be told, there's a thousand other killers in the country that could have made the same power move. But, you know, it's uh, it's – it's so hard to put in a nutshell for someone new or a new hunter. Uh, but you got to let the turkey, you got to let the turkeys teach you and you got to learn from it. And then you try to limit those mistakes. And then that's called experience. It don't matter if it's your job or something you're doing in life or a hobby or hunting, it takes time. So, and then, and then it turns into instinct, the gut instinct. And that's what I kind of put turkey on a nutshell is well, deer hunting but especially something where you're interacting with the animals much as turkey hunting. Deer hunting, it's a little bit of a different gut instinct that you feel like it fit, you feel it where you need to set up in this tree or set here. But like turkey hunting, there's so many other variables of the instinct of I need to grab, you know, so many times in my life I've sat down and I've, you know, I've been going on my knee ready, working a bird and I've set, you know, I'm sitting there and I might sit there like five seconds and my brain says this, this, this ain't the tree. You got to get to that tree and it's only three more steps. But if you want to kill this turkey, you got to get to that tree right there. It ain't this red oak. It's that red oak. It's going to kill the turkey. And, you know, you like you're making gobble and it's muffled and you like your brain says, I can get to that tree and you go. And, you know, I'm saying it's things Mm -hmm. like that. that Just just keep going. Listen to older hunters. You might not think they know what they're talking about or they're exaggerating or full of shit, but most of them know what they're talking about. They've been around the block take time to talk to them and listen and uh that's good that's stuff good. I yeah. agree, good yeah. stuff man that's uh that's a great way to end it and uh man thanks again for coming on the show and uh chatting with us good luck this season i know it's gonna be a good one. Oh yeah y'all too man thanks for having me on thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the southern ground hunting podcast as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Spartan Forge, Tethered, New Canoe, and Scree Gear. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. And make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.